Dude, that was you totally crushed it with your SEO. <laughs> exactly. You're out I, there I crushed hustling. It. Yeah, you're crushing it. You're just hungry. You're on fire. You're ready to ignite, my my bro. I don't know what what they. I guess they say bro. We're yeah, hungry. I, I don't know. One, one, of the, one of those things. This is the Gently Mad, a show where I talk to and pick the brains of the smartest people running creative online businesses. Actually, not so much. If you're looking for that inspirational kick in the pants to help take your life and career to the next level, then this is probably not the place for you. To be perfectly honest, this podcast is about me. Hey, I'm Adam Clark, and I'm your host. Thanks for listening. I do talk to people on this show, but instead of that double rainbow of success BS that you'll get in most entrepreneurial shows, we talk about failure, self-doubt, and all the insecurities that we all have that keep us from doing much of anything with our lives. If that sounds like your kind of thing, then head over to avclark.com slash TGM and subscribe. Any actionable advice or helpful tips are simply a byproduct and purely unintentional. What is up, my friends? This is The Gently Mad. I'm Adam Clark. Thanks for listening. We're up to episode 35. It seems unbelievable because for two years I did... A show called Gently Mad, which was the first iteration of the show, which was a different show. It was kind of about the web industry, which was the industry I was in at the time. I did that show for two years and only got up to like, I think, 60 episodes, maybe somewhere in that range. And it just is, it just feels insane that I'm only uh, just about two months or so into this show and we're already at episode 35. In fact, I was on the phone today with a sponsor and he was like, how the hell do you do so many episodes? (laughs) And I was like, man, it's a full-time job. You know, it's, I know a lot of you listening or some of you listening anyway, are also part of my irresistible podcasting course. And that's a course all about podcasting. If you're interested in podcasting, you can check that out at irresistiblepodcasting.com. But it's, uh, it's a lot of work. Okay, and first of all, I've got Matt Giovannisi on the show today, and when we get into that, we talk about how podcasting is a lot of work. It's like, you know, it's like at the beginning of the year, everyone goes to the gym, and then by the end of the first month, most people have quit because, you know, it's a resolution, you feel like I want to get in better shape or lose weight or whatever, but then you get in there and you realize how much work it is, and yeah, I mean, the reason I put out the reason I can put out 3 episodes a week is that I spend a ton of time on this show. It's I don't know that it adds up to quite 40 hours or something, but it adds up to a lot. And and part of that's because I do everything myself. I don't outsource any piece of the show, the editing, or any of that. And I do have systems in place where I'm not recreating each episode from scratch, but First of all, it's a long-form show, and the conversations you hear are typically edited down from the original conversation, which I know is hard to believe because, like, today's conversation with Matt was an hour and a half, is what I'm publishing, but our conversation when we recorded it was actually a lot longer than that, and I, I cut out parts of it to just get it down to what it is. So the recording of these kind of conversations, this type of show and the scheduling, and then actually editing it all together. And then the sponsorships that I do, as you know, are a little bit different than your typical 
podcast sponsorship where it's just me reading some talking points. You know, I interview people at the companies uh, that I sponsor and I interview customers of those companies and I try to create unique little ad spots out of those and that's a lot of work too. So it, it takes a lot of time to do this show, but I'm still at the point where I'm enjoying it, so I'm not planning on quitting doing the show. I actually tweeted the other day that I'm not going to quit the Gently Mad until I've, I've interviewed the four people that I really, really want to interview, which is Mark Marin, Alec Baldwin, Jerry Seinfeld, and Ira Glass. So that means I'm, I'm probably going to be here for quite some time. <laughs> I don't expect to get any of those interviews soon. I have emailed all of them, I believe. Actually, I don't think I've emailed Jerry Seinfeld. I don't know how to get in touch with him. But I've emailed Ira Glass. I've emailed, uh, or at least I've Twittered back and forth, tweeted, excuse me, back and forth with Mark Marin and Alec Baldwin. And so far I've gotten you know, polite no's or no thank yous for everything up to this point. But I think it's going to happen. Uh, you know, I've, I've recently Mark Marin actually responded to one of my tweets asking him to come on the show and we had a little conversation about it. That might actually happen because he's going to be in my area in May doing um, a stand-up comedy show. And I'm hoping to wrangle an interview with him during that time. But yeah, those are just my four people that I really respect and like uh, a lot for what they do, and that I would and I respect as as interviewers. Those those four people are also all interviewers, and they have various shows or podcasts around that format, and I love them. I mean, Alec Baldwin's podcast. Here's the thing: if you haven't listened to that, you should go subscribe. It's a great, just fantastic podcast and it's very different from this but he's just a master interviewer he's you know he he's just great at what he does and and so uh, someday I'm going to talk to those people and I feel like this show won't be complete until I've reached that point but the point is I'm going to be here for a while I think and that's okay you know uh, I'm in this for the long haul it's, it's been a really rough couple of weeks I know that it seems like it's never going well and like it's just always rough for me and that's not true I mean I I am kind of a cynical guy I think by nature and I try to fight that because you know throughout my 20s I was okay with being cynical it you know it just was part of my personality I I don't know I took some sort of ridiculous pride in being cynical but as I get older, I I don't like being cynical. I want to be optimistic. I want to be happy and and at least look at the world in a positive frame or positive worldview, if you will. But it's a fight to do that because naturally I'm just kind of cynical and kind of don't believe what people say and tend to think everything's bullshit and kind of just do things my own way which is good for some things and bad for other things. So part of that is, is that I'm, I'm always kind of struggling. I'm always struggling with some issue. I'm always working through some kind of mental or existential crisis or problem, whatever that may be. And I've, 
I'm I'm coming to realize that that's just part of who I am. I'm always going to be that way. And most of the responses I get from you guys is the, the, why you listen to the show is you like that. You like how honest and vulnerable and raw the show is and that I don't just present this rosy picture of self-employment and life and entrepreneurship and it's just all happy and fun and games because it's not man I mean it it sucks a lot of the time and it, it you know I have a very real sort of battle with depression and that's I'm starting to realize that that's actually a fairly common thing that entrepreneurs go through you know depression is something that is is uh there's an there's a entrepreneurial flavor of depression if you will and i've just been struggling with that a lot lately and i i I hesitate to talk about it because on the one hand it's like geez come on adam i mean every week it's just like more and more stuff that you are struggling with but on the other hand that's what i set out to do with this show is to talk about what I want to talk about and talk about what's going on in my life. And so far, overwhelming majority of you guys who listen to this show find that encouraging, find that helpful in some way because you're not alone. In fact, a review I wanted to read this week is from R.C. Vane in iTunes. And he says, Adam is the best at being really transparent about working for yourself. It is a mad roller coaster with major highs and major lows, and I'm forever grateful to Adam for hanging it all out there because then I know I'm not alone. And I know most of you know, in air quotes, if you could see me, I'm doing the air quotes. I know most of you know that you're not alone, but it's it's it still is easy to believe or feel like you're alone because I feel that way all the time. I feel like even this show, like, why the fuck am I doing this stuff? Like, what difference does it make? What, you know, what's the difference? You know, what, what is, what is this getting me? Where, where is it taking me? What's the point? And it's really helpful to know that it's helping some of you. And if you like it and it is helping you, then email me and let me know that. I love getting those responses because it encourages me to keep doing it. And also tell people about it. You know, if, if you're enjoying this thing, tell people about it so more people can find it. That's the only thing I have going for me right now is the fact that people will seem to be telling other people about the show. And uh, so there's a decent sized audience out there of you listening to it. And that's why I can get the sponsors that I've gotten and at least make some of the money that I've made so far on this show. So thanks for listening and thanks for doing that, first of all. But yeah, it's just been it's been a really, really rough week or two. Uh, I feel like I've had to let several different people down in situations in my life. And I hate that. It's one of the worst feelings in the world for me to feel like I'm letting people down and I'm not delivering on what I promised or, or what they expect. And... I also get a lot of emails from you guys saying that I'm way too hard on myself, which may be true, but I just hate letting people down, you know, and, and I feel like I've had to do that a couple times lately. And I was talking to my brother-in-law about it 
And he said, what, what if you were like, imagine there was a clone of you and it, you know, that person was asking you for advice. What would you tell them to do? And that was actually really cool to think about because if you think about that, it removes all your personal feelings from the situation. Imagine there's, you know, a clone of yourself and they're coming to you for advice about what to do, how to get through the thing that they're struggling with. It's a lot easier to think about that and and, and get some clarity because at least when I did it, when I thought about that, you know, I'm not emotionally attached to this clone of me. And I, I knew immediately what I would tell the clone of me to do. I would say, you know, do these three things. That's I would immediately say to do that. I knew exactly what to say. But when I'm trying to think about it myself, it's very hard to come to those conclusions because I'm emotionally wrapped up in all this. And I don't want to do point one because that might let this person down or affect that thing. And point two is going to affect my reputation in this way and on and on and on. But if you think about it in terms of a clone of yourself or someone else who is going through exactly what you're going through, it's actually pretty easy to figure out what you should do. Even if you don't want to do it, like, I feel like I know what I should do right now, but I just don't want to do it because it's hard. It's not easy. And I feel like I'd be letting a client down and, you know, I, I resist that. But sometimes you just have to do, you just have to make the choices that are best for you. Sometimes you have to make the choices that are in your own interests over the interests of other people. I really believe that. And I know we're supposed to like, you know, the customer's always right kind of stuff, but you know, the customer isn't all, isn't always right. You know, sometimes you do have to make decisions that are going to upset some people, but you have to do it because you have to take care of yourself and take care of your family. So that's kind of the situation I'm in this week. And it's, it's been very difficult, but if you're in that situation, just like RC Vane and iTunes. Thank you for the review, by the way. If you're in that situation, just know that you aren't alone and that all of us that are trying to do this entrepreneurial thing, whatever whatever the hell that is, are, are dealing with the same things. You know, we're all going through the same stuff. No one is alone in this. So, yeah. That, that's, that's, uh, that's the weekly Adam update. <laughs> So as I said, I've got Matt Giovanisi on the show today. He's a very interesting guy. Uh, we connected because I heard his name mentioned on another podcast, and I looked up his website, and I just instantly was like, I have got to talk to this guy, because on his on his website, which is mattgiovanisi.com, and it, all this is in the show notes. By the way, if you want to check it out, it's avclark.com slash 35, and there'll be links to all the stuff there. On his homepage, he's got this article that he wrote called Why I Will Never Say Hustle Again. And I'm going to read you the first part of it because it's it's just so awesome. He says, some would call me an online entrepreneur. Yet another word I hate. Turns out I hate a lot of words. The word hustle is used so much in my industry that it makes me want to punch anyone who says it, including myself. I originally wanted to name this site hashtag hustle.com, 
but it was already taken and probably by an online entrepreneur who is crushing it. Wow, so far I've used three words I hate in two paragraphs. That's pretty impressive, but I'm pretty sure I could use them all in one sentence. Okay, here goes. I was at an entrepreneur online mastermind getting my hustle on and someone questioned me about my passion, but they had no idea how hard I crush it. Fucking crushed it. (laughs) And the article goes on. You should definitely go check it out. But I read that and I was like, that's exactly how I feel. I mean, I I started the show out of frustration with that sort of buzzword bullshit copycat, you know, instant gratification mentality that permeates a lot of the online business content marketing stuff. And and that's kind of how this whole thing started. So I wanted to talk to Matt and we had a really fun conversation and he's done some interesting stuff and he's got new projects coming up. I, I think it was a really great conversation. And if you're trying to navigate the waters of this online business thing I think you're gonna enjoy it but just beside that I mean Matt's a really funny entertaining guy and I think we kind of clicked and hit it off and just had a really good conversation so I'm excited to get to that here in just a moment Um, before I do though I want to tell you about just a couple quick things one is I want to say thank you to all of those who all those of you who have donated uh, to the show, you can do that by going to avclark.com slash support and uh, support the show by kicking in a few bucks here and there. It's very helpful. A number of you have done it, and I really do appreciate it. And the other thing is uh, if you want to leave or if, if, if this show has meant something to you, then I would really appreciate a rating and review in iTunes. I'm past my eight weeks, so I'm not really showing up and new and noteworthy anymore. And, you know, the more ratings and reviews and, and downloads I get helps helps the show get in front of other people. So you can do that by going to avclark.com slash subscribe. And I've got kind of some how-tos there and some videos about, you know, how to leave a rating and review and, and all that kind of stuff if you're not familiar with it. So if you've got a minute and you want to do that, I would greatly appreciate that. All right. I'm going to get to this uh, conversation here with Matt in just a minute after this brief word from our sponsor. All right, guys. Well, for almost a month now, I've been singing Fizzle's praises because it's just that great. I love it. And as you've heard from everyone I've talked to, it's an amazing community to be a part of. And I thought it'd be pretty cool to call up Matt Giovanisi since he's the guest on today's show and also happens to be someone who is a part of Fizzle and benefited greatly from it, just to give him a call and see what his thoughts were. So here we go. Let's uh, let's see what Matt has to say. Hello. What's up, man? Mr. Ma- Matthew Giovanisi. Is it Matthew or Matt? I don't know. I mean, Matthew is my legal name, but I go by Matt. I'm named after a uh, Bible person. Yeah, me too. I mean, that's what I, I mean. My parents just flipped it open and picked the first name they landed on, which was yeah. Adam. So <laughs> my parents threw a Bible at the wall, whatever page <laughs> fell open to. They were like, they were like, Lucifer, wait, um, Judas, nope. Uh. <laughs> Keep trying. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, man, I, I mean, we talked about it some. You actually met 
business partners and made friends in Fizzle. Um, why, why do you stay with it? Why do you stick with it uh, month after month? I first joined up with Fizzle because I had found Corbett Bar through Pat Flynn's podcast. I was working out on my elliptical machine back when I <laughs> worked out. Oh, God. And then I, I heard about Corbett Bar. He had a website called Think Traffic. I was like, hey, I need to think about traffic. I need traffic <laughs> on my website. So I went and started reading Think Traffic, and I fell in love with it. And so then he came out with Fizzle, and I waited a little bit. I got burned uh, with being part of a forum, um, sort of like a community yeah. And it was the same price, actually. It ended up being the same price. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to go through this again and get, you know, these guys don't know what they're talking about. But I, when they when they said try it for a dollar, I was like, OK, I can try it for a dollar. That's that's <laughs> not a lot of money. Yeah. And so I did. I tried it for a dollar. I watched uh, a lot of the videos and I just stayed. I just stayed. I mean, for the most part, I just owe what I do to Corbett. Are you saying that you, you learned how to, how to do that stuff successfully from, from him? Or what does that mean? I didn't learn the, the tactics from him. What I learned from him was the the epic content, the right epic shit mantra. Yeah. And that that really changed everything for me because I was I was I had a site, it was making money. I knew all the tactics because I'd read like everybody, you know, you just because you want to get into the space and then yeah. you just read whatever. And so I was employing all the right things, but the one thing I wasn't doing was I wasn't really putting the time and effort into writing content or anything, really. I was just kind of writing really bad, really shitty, you know, blog posts and <laughs> that's pretty much it. And yeah. then I was doing it because I still had a full-time job and then I'm like you know what? He's right because this is what the other community didn't talk about. They didn't talk about writing for people. They talked about writing for search engines, and that's what I, you know, that's what I was doing. And then he was just like, "No, you have to write content like that you would want to read, like write really good stuff." And I go, yeah. "Okay, that's great, and I'm gonna do that." And I started doing that, and then what really took off, what for me at least was, um, you know, he his mantra was write epic shit. And I sort of adapted to create epic shit because I don't like writing and I don't know if I could write epically. I think I can create epic videos. I can create epic podcasts. I can create epic infographics or graphics of any kind. Uh, so I focus on those things and that's what really took my business off, but only because he was there to say that he was there to give me permission to do that. Like yeah. go you know, point me in this direction. Like, don't write for the search engine engines. Write for the people who are actually visiting your site. And it, it completely changed everything. And that's kind of the key thing that I've gotten from every single person I have interviewed over the last month about Fizzle is that it's changed everything for them. They go in with one set of expectations and thinking about business and life and how to do them one way and they come out thinking about it differently and thinking about it better. So if you want to be a part of this group, if you want to join us over there, then go to fizzle.co slash TGM and, and get six weeks for free and just try it out and, and connect with me and connect with Matt and connect with the group of TGM listeners that we've, we've got over there in the community and, and see if it changes everything for you. I think it will. So once again, fizzle.co slash TGM. Get six weeks for free. And I'd love to connect with you once you're there. All right? Do it. All right.
right, guys, it's time to get to the conversation with Matt Giovannisi. I had a lot of fun recording this. We did this several months ago, and uh, it's always fun coming back to these and re-listening to them after it's been a while. But uh, this is a great one. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's long, but it's it's worth the listen because Matt's a great guy and has got a lot of great thoughts. So let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Matt Giovannisi. I never know who's playing games with me or not here, you know. Well, Sometimes people listen to the show before they come on, and then they uh, then they just decide to mess with me, get me all, you know, out of out of whack, and and then I don't know, you know, how to proceed. So no, I'm not trying to mess with you. You're not. Well, that's good. Well, I might you, now. Well, you've got a great radio voice, by the way. Oh, thank you. I'm on the same mic you are. Well, like when you let your when you got like really quiet and deep, I can't do it. But you get really like kind of quiet and deep down there, and it's like sounds like you know late night ninety two point love or whatever. <laughs> oh, what's that woman's name who does the Delilah? Delilah. Delilah? <laughs> she has that Dude, sultry voice. How do you remember that? Oh my goodness! I, Dude, I remember a lot of weird, dumb shit that I shouldn't remember. How old are you? I'm thirty one. Okay, well, I'm 35, so we're about the same in the same yeah. range. But I have no, I didn't know that. I thought I grew up in Atlanta. I thought Delilah was a local. She's she's syndicated. Okay, was well, she like, syndicated she re- way back in the mid 90s? Like when I yeah, really yeah, yeah. My that. my uh, my cousin actually is a um, he sells radio shows. So uh, you know who Ray J is, the guy who had sex with Kim Kardashian. Uh, no, I the don't. Thing, this, all right. Well, uh, so there's a guy named Ray J who is Brandy's brother, you know, Brandy, the singer and the Moesha star. See, I know dumb shit, by the way. So, uh, <laughs> she, so this guy has a, he has a radio show. I don't know if he still does or not, but it was called Ray J radio and he would record it. I think it was an hour long radio show where you would play music. And then my cousin's job was to pitch that to radio stations across the country and basically, you know, just play, you know, the, the local radio station, like here, it's B101. So yeah. B101 at night would play this hour-long just podcast, basically, of Delilah or of, yeah. in this case, Ray J. And that's how that works. Yeah. Isn't that weird? That is weird. So his job, basically, um, when you say he's to sell radio shows, like did he do that for other people, not just yeah. this one? He, okay. Yeah. And he also sold um, – He's he has this uh, – um, site called SoundDaddy.com, and he sells like all of the jingles you hear across the the radio stations, mm-hmm. like the the yeah. He sells those, yeah, <laughs> in li- nice. and, big, and big ass like very expensive libraries to radio nice. stations. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy! Like you just saying Delilah like just took me back like twenty years. I kid you not. I was I was that guy. I hate to admit it, but I was that guy, you know, 16, 17, driving around, and I would listen to Delilah and listen to the love songs and think about, you know, the girls that I liked that didn't like me back and all that stuff. So, like, Adam Adam from Chattanooga, Tennessee, wants to give a shout out to a very special lady. I never called in, actually, but... Yes, you did. I never did. I... I, I, I did call in one time. I've called into a radio show one time, and there mm-hmm. used to be a show when I was, uh, 
man, I don't even know how old I was. I was probably 12. Like I was, I was young and there was a a radio show in Atlanta on um, some AM station, I think. And it was like a computer repair kind of, uh, they just, they talked about computer hardware and, and, you know, uh, some sort of geeky show. I can't even remember the name of it, but at that time I was really, really into that stuff. And I called in to ask some question about RAM and, you know, <laughs> upgrading my, you know, this old 286 IBM yeah. thing. And and they answered the question. It was my first experience ever calling into a radio show. It was so embarrassing because, you know, I was a kid, first of all. I think they knew that. And, you know, uh, and so they answered my question about RAM and I followed it up with, well, what I can't figure out is why the price just keeps changing. You know, like <laughs> some, right. s- some stupid question a kid would ask. And they were just like, well, that's kind of economics 101, son, you know, or whatever. Then I was right. like, uh, oh, you know, <laughs> I'm going to hang up now. I'm going to hang up now. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So that's funny, though. I, I just that whole concept of that kind of Delilah show where you just people call in and request a song and you play a song. It's like. Man, could that exist anymore? I mean, do you think well, if someone did a podcast of that, that that could uh, could that well, a show I mean, like that get popular again now well, in way, 2015? The way, I, the way I just explained it was there were they were fake. I mean, there's no way there was it wasn't a live show. It was a recorded one hour show that you know you couldn't call into technically. Yeah, it was just like oh, we have a caller on the line. Like, well, you never gave out the phone number. How the hell is that possible? And they didn't. So. And if they did, they would, you know, the people would call in, they would record it and then use it if it was a good message, because they obviously like it was a good way to screen because, sure. you know, it's pre-recorded. I think it can still exist. It, I think podcasts can do that. It's just you fake it. You just say, here's a number, call it. Uh, you know, you, you can answer the phone if you have it on if you have your Skype up or, you know, whatever you use, you use Mac, right? Yeah. Uh, and you could now the call comes right into the computer so if you're sitting by your computer and somebody calls in your Skype number or whatever, you can start recording it. And if it's good, then you can use that for a later podcast. Totally. Yeah. No, right? it doesn't. It doesn't have to be. I'm not. I'm not saying it has to be live, but just. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, obviously there are certain kinds of podcasts or shows that do better than other kinds, and I feel like everyone is just fawning all over the. The, the, the storytelling, the NPR storytelling model because of Alex Bloomberg's success and serial success and Dude, stuff like that. Dude, don't even get me started. I, yeah. I, I, can, I can riff on this because I, I'm feeling <laughs> the same kind of way. It's, I, you know, there's, I, I had a very successful podcast that I walked away from uh, just back in November. And I'm going to start another podcast, but I am waiting for the New Year's resolution entrepreneur people out there to start their Alex Bloomberg-like startup podcast <laughs> and their serial-like podcast yeah. and then realize how fucking hard and difficult it is yeah. and then give up in February and then I'll come in in March with a show that's not going to be like that. Yeah. But I'm just – I feel like it's just – it's we are a copycat culture, this this online totally. entrepreneurship. Yeah. And we just – whoever has something that's – Oh my God, that got, that person's successful. I'm going to go do that thing. I'm just going to copy yeah. what he did in my own way because I'm special. But you're not. Yeah, you're not special. I'm not special. <laughs> you know. But uh, it's it. And some things take off and some things don't. Uh, but just do your own. Just do your own thing. Like totally. you know, you yeah. did it. You you know, it's like look, I it may you know parts of it you copied. Sure, like we all do. We all you know, great artists steal. So. Yeah. You know, at a certain yeah, point, I mean, the, the 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 part that I, I that I took from Alex Bloomberg and 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 startup and that was um, I'd never heard 
ad reads done in that way, you mm. know, with the the music and the you know, he, he made he made the ad read a part of the story and he made it interesting. He made you made want to, you know, when you started to listen to an episode, at least for me, you know, I definitely wasn't going to skip the ad read because I was interested to know what's he going to do this time with it. Yeah. You know, like he actually made it made you anticipate an ad read, which is a pretty incredible feat, in my opinion. So, I mean, that's uh, that's the part I was like, well, I want to see if I could do that and have done some of that with a show. But yeah, it, it's totally it, it's so uncanny. I mean, all the conversations I've been having recently um, are about that sort of copycat thing. The thing is, though, you can be successful. Well, it depends how you define success. You can make money by doing that. You can make money by oh, taking yeah. a template that someone else has d- used to make money and do it yourself and make money. But the problem is, for me, is, uh, you know, how do you, you know, how do you sleep at night? How do you feel yeah. good about yourself when you know you're just um, adding more noise to the universe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? it just becomes a job again. And I'm like, well, it's not why I got into this. I didn't yeah. get into this <laughs> to work. I know. <laughs> uh, I know. We're not, are we recording, by the way? Oh yeah, started. We we we, 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 we started recording at the ring. At the ring. Oh nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. I. Uh, some people have mentioned how that's disconcerting. So I don't know. Is no. it disconcerting? No, because I I think that it's something I'm gonna do in the future. I think I'm gonna do that too. Well, I like it. I don't because... like I don't like building up to it. Like, okay, and uh, I'm gonna do my intro, and then we'll record. And it's like, <laughs> hey, hey, friend, how are you? I just introduced you and said all these wonderful, nice things about you, and now you feel like this. You feel some kind of way, and and I think the I conversation know. doesn't turn out, you know, naturally. So no, I I agree. It's so funny, man. We uh, we agree on so many things. In fact, that's why you're here on the show is because um, I found your website because your name was mentioned on another show, and you had written a post called why i'll never say hustle again and and then your first sentence of that post was um some would call me an online entrepreneur yet another word i hate turns out i hate a lot of words (laughs) and i was just like that is i mean i could have i could just copy your whole post put my name on it send it out to my newsletter and no one would have any idea that i did not write that i mean it's so exactly (laughs) in line with the stuff that I talk about, I couldn't believe it. And I was like, I've got to talk to this guy because, you know, I mean, we're just, you know, I created a whole website making fun of all that bullshit. Yeah, I you saw know, that. All those, all those buzzwords and, uh-huh. you know, what's funny, this is what's really funny, Matt, is that I, I was going to, my original plan was to name each of these episodes in that way, you know, with all those buzz, oh. buzz, buzz, buzzwords as a joke. And so my second episode, Interview with Chase Rees, that's why it was called... Um, well, hell, I don't even remember what it was called. It was, um, accelerated list building for hyper growth with Chase Reeves. Okay. But I actually, (laughs) I actually started getting all these emails from people saying, um, I'm 30 minutes into this thing and where are the list building techniques? Oh, wow. And I was like, no, no, it was a joke. Like, did you, did you listen to the intro? Did you listen to, you know, how do you not know it's a joke? And so yeah. I figured I better not do that because, like, you know, uh, it's it was it was really really funny to me that people actually thought they found that because they searched for oh, you yeah. know list building oh, no. techniques and my show popped up and they start listening to it and go well where where, where are the list building techniques <laughs> dude that was you totally crushed it with your SEO 
<laughs> exactly. You're out I, there I crushed hustling. It. <laughs> yeah, you're crushing it. You're just hungry. You're on fire. You're ready to ignite, my my bro. I don't know what what they. I guess they say bro. We're yeah, hungry. I, I don't know. One, or is it one of those things? Yeah, hey man, I got swept up in it too. Like I look, I've been I've been doing this for uh, eight years. So there's been times yeah. I've said the word hustle and hungry and entrepreneur. I say entrepreneur a lot because yeah, how else do you? I, I don't know. I hate the the French word. I doesn't. I feel like I want to say a businessman, but then that sounds weird too. Yeah, I'm like ah, you know, I got in trouble when I was uh, when I was younger. I had this ex girlfriend, and I I always underplayed what I did. Right. Mm-hmm. So she she's like, we're meeting my parents for the first time. Uh, can you just when when someone asks you what you do for a living? Don't just say, I bang on the keyboard, because that's what I would say. <laughs> I bang on the keyboard. I would <laughs> so in so she's like sat me down, like, don't when we when we go, don't say that. Don't, you know, tell them what you do. What you do is interesting. Yeah. I'm like, all right. So we go and her aunt says, Oh, Matt, so what do you do? I'm like, I bang on the keyboard. <laughs> I'm like, I said it so instinctively because I'm like, I don't here I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, I build, I, I I run a website that teaches people how to take care of their pools and spas. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, so you go clean pools? I'm like, no, <laughs> I make videos and I teach people how to do that. And she's like, well, how do you make money? <sighs> Let me explain I, I, how Amazon dude, works and, and, and uh, yeah. affiliate programs and, you know, digital it's, guides. You know, it's the so. same way. Yeah, I, 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 I never know how to answer that question, mostly because um, – you know, a lot of people, I'm shocked at how many people just don't even, they don't even know what a podcast is. And so I don't know, you know, when I was doing web development, that was a little easier because even most people now, you can say, I make websites and they, you know, have a vague understanding of what that means. You know, You're super trendy with your website building. Right. But when, when it switched to like podcasting and stuff like that and um, course making and product making and all this kind of stuff, um, I have no idea what to say because uh, most people don't even know. Like I remember uh, with the podcast network, um, I co-founded with a couple friends earlier last year. When I went to open up the bank account for that, she was like, "Oh, this is interesting. So, what is what kind of company is this?" And I thought a minute, and I was like, "Do you know what a podcast is?" And she said, "No." And I said. I, I I don't even I don't even know how I could explain it to you. And just in five open minutes. the account. <laughs> yeah, she was like, "Do okay. your job." <laughs> I was like, "It's kind of like radio, but on the internet." And she goes, "Oh, okay." You know, and then we moved on. <laughs> yeah, I don't even like telling. I when I had the podcast, I didn't even like telling people that I did a podcast. Yeah, it's stupid. I mean, it's it's self promotion if I do. Mm-hmm. You know, now with serial and these, you know, now that that pod, podcasting has become sort of mainstream. I don't feel as weird, but still kind of like, what do you do for a living? I podcast. It's like, yeah. no, it just feels weird. But that's why should it feel weird? And I don't want to be negative either. I don't, I'm not trying to make this sound like I'm sitting here just <laughs> hating what I do for a living. I don't. <laughs> right. I, I just want to. I feel like I want a better way to explain it without sounding like a complete douchebag. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't dislike the word podcast um i just don't don't think no one no one knows what it is and and it leads to i have to explain there's this conversation where it's like you know how netflix works it's like you know movies but on the internet well this it's it's kind of like radio but on the internet and and it leads to this conversation where they still don't really get it at the end but most of the time uh, yeah it's it's a very it's very strange when people ask what you do and you really have no idea 
what to say. A lot of times I just now I say I'm self-employed or I work for myself. And yeah, that that's the one I usually tend to go for. Because and, they don't really yeah. want an answer anyway. It's just it's just a pleasantry. It's like, how are you doing? You know, right. and if you do you really want to know how I'm doing? Well, let's sit down for an hour and I'll tell you how shitty my week has been. You know, they don't yeah. really want to know that. So it's like, hey, what do you do? You know, and then I just say I'm self-employed. And it's like, OK, and then we move on to the next thing. You know what I do when I get my hair cut? I, it's something that I hate getting done. I wish I could cut my own hair. I, I guess I could if I <laughs> decided to, you know, bick it or something. But yeah. I go get my hair cut and they say, and I usually go during the day, like a Tuesday at one o'clock, you know, where I, cause I don't want the kids there after school and the, yeah. you know, the, the rush after all, you know, people get home from work. So I go at a weird time and they're like, are you off today? And I'm like, and first of all, I don't even want to talk to the people cutting my hair. I just find it. <laughs> Just I'm in a weird, vulnerable, vulnerable position. So I say, um, I'm like, they're like, why are you, why are you here? Are you off today? I'm like, no, I work for myself. And they're like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, I run websites. And they're like, oh, what kind of website? Yeah. I'm like, porn. <laughs> and I just end it. And I just, just, they're like, really? I'm like, porn, pornography. That's what I do. That 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 pretty well, much. I, I, it's fun. It's fun to do. It's, pre, it's, it's pretty much. It's pretty awkward. I imagine that would be pretty much like, uh, oh, okay, and then it's just then it's quiet. The rest of the haircut. <laughs> yeah, so. they're trying to cut my hair even faster because they want me out of the chair. Right. <laughs> they <laughs> exactly. feel slimy just touching me, and I'm. Like, I know. That's how I get out quickly. Yeah. Well, so I I honestly. You know, I, I asked you to be on this show because of just that blog post I read, but I really don't know other than you mentioned you did a podcast. I've looked at that. I looked at your pool website, but but I actually don't know what you do in terms of how you, you know, bring the money in, how you pay the bills. So Porn, what what is you. that? <laughs> yeah. I th- uh, uh, are you serious? I thought that no. was a joke. <laughs> no, I don't do. Porn. OK. Yeah, I was yes. about to say. Okay, <laughs> I maybe if I'm was... hungry enough, I'll decide to crush it with some pornography sites. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, I'll start. Out, I'll start a, a website called Hustler. Right. I, think, I don't, I don't I think know. That's take, I think that's taken possibly. Oh, oh, but no. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, yeah. Is it the so, pool? You, you you do have this website where you teach people about the pool stuff, and uh-huh. is that your main like source of income at the moment? That is my main source of income, yes. Yep, that is how I make my living with my pool website. Nice. And uh, so you've been doing that. When did you um, – have you ever had like a traditional sort of oh, like go-to-the-office kind of job? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I actually worked – I've been working in the pool industry since I was 13 years old. Oh, okay. And uh, I worked at this local pool store. And then I was uh, – when I was 16, I moved up to a, a bigger pool store with more with more locations uh, and then I became um, a website designer and I, you know, it's I mean, it's a long lineage of things. But oh, yeah, uh, the basic idea is worked in the pool store very young, know a lot about pools, know a lot about pool care and hot tub care. Yeah. And then I was in a rock band. I was the lead singer and guitar player of an original rock band that we, you know, we toured the East Coast and things and yeah. we needed a website. And I at the time I had a Dell computer and I did not know how to build a website, but I'm like I'm not paying anyone to do this. I'm a creative dude. I'll figure out how to build a website. Yeah. So, uh in the, you know, I live in New Jersey, so in the winter time, there's not a lot of pool care going on. So, we had <laughs> a lot of downtime to sit there and get bring in my HTML books and my CSS books and start building websites, just trying trial yeah. and error mostly. And I built uh our band website and my boss caught me building it and said, oh, so you know how to build websites, even though he, he, didn't, he didn't want us going on the Internet. That was the thing. Yeah. So I kind of got in trouble. But at the same time, he was like, oh, well, 
since you design websites, why don't you build ours? And I'm like, all right. So I started building the company's website. And then I decided I wanted to do website design full time. So I went and worked for a website design firm for about six months until my boss called me back and said, why don't you come work in corporate as our marketing director? And I was like, sweet. I don't have to wear a suit anymore. I'm down with that. So I went and worked for him for a long time and was the marketing director, website designer, social media coordinator, kind of just wore a bunch of hats in the pool industry. And that's when I had the idea to just take uh, my pool knowledge and my website knowledge and sort of marry them together or what I call passion mashing <laughs> and <laughs> just just put this thing together and put it out there and see what happens. And originally, I wanted the website to be a uh, – like a subscription-based website. I figured, okay, I'll charge 50 bucks a month or whatever for people to yeah. get knowledge on pool care. And I quickly decided that who the fuck is going to pay for <laughs> like yeah. pool care now? They can go to the store. Uh, so I've learned about affiliate uh, marketing. I learned about AdSense. And I just started my website after, you know, I had the idea for a long time. And my friend finally, you know, kicked me in the ass and said, like, well, are you going to build this thing? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. So I ended up doing it and... Uh, put it up and I really didn't pay much attention to it. I just kind of like wrote some really bad articles and I got involved in this like really shady at the time. It wasn't so shady, but this like really SEO like hacking black yeah. hat SEO yeah, yeah. kind of community. And I've talked about it before, um, but I got in there. I was writing like 300 word posts just trying to get, you know, traffic to my website and it worked. Uh, and I was making some money, but then it just kind of tanked because, you know, Google got hip to everything and. So I ended up uh, just I just I've had the site forever and I decided to uh, really get serious with it. And then I got fired <laughs> when I when I started getting serious with it. Yeah. And that was great because then I'm like, all right, well, this is what I'm going to do now. So I, I, you know, I had I I got laid off. So I, got, I was able to collect unemployment and sort of just focus all 100 percent of my attention on Swim University and was able to turn it into a revenue stream that has made me a living. I can survive and I'm good and it's good. It's good money. And this year I'm yeah. planning on breaking like a huge like personal record of, of income. So I'm very excited for that. And it's all from one website that does really well and has been growing just really is it, well. Is, is that website, is it, the, does it follow sort of the, the Pat Flynn affiliate, you know, model, or are you selling a course or are you, are you selling something to people or is it, is it more like, um, ads and affiliate type stuff? Yeah, I have three revenue streams. So I have affiliate links through Amazon, uh, which do very well. Um, I, and I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a coder too. So like I built this own, my own WordPress plugin to, 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 you know, tap into the Amazon API and yeah. I could create this like, you know, nice, very simple uh, A-B testing all my affiliate stuff. So I'm pretty intense and serious about that part of yeah. it. Uh, also, I have two books. I have two PDFs um, that I sell. One's called The Hot Tub Handbook that I sell for 24 bucks, And I have one called The Art of Pool Care, which I just finished. It's, they're both fully illustrated PDFs on how to take care of your pool and hot tub. And I sell them both through Gumroad on my website. And then I also sell advertising. I, I have sponsorships on my website. And that is where a bulk of my money comes from is uh, getting sponsorships. So then you must, I mean, if, if you're, if your bulk of your money is coming from sponsorships for the website, then obviously traffic is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For a, for a pool site. Yeah. For a site that, uh, it's very niched. I mean, it's, it's 
pool owners. <laughs> they all just, it's pool and spa owners that come to yeah. my website to learn how to take care of it. So, you know, there are companies that need to get in front of these people and these people don't congregate anywhere else. You know, where do you, yeah. where's that place online that, you know, pool owners are visiting, right? You know, so that's sort of my, that's kind of my, you know, unique selling proposition. Yeah. Well, your your so your website is actually a, a pretty great example of what all the um, marketing and business and entrepreneurial websites kind of try to teach people is, you know, pick a niche that you know something about or that you enjoy or whatever and, and specialize in it and teach people, you know, it's the teaching people thing, you know, in that specific niche and then go from there, which, you know, exactly what you've done. So how long has this, uh, like, how long has this website or when was the time that you got laid off or whatever? Like how long have you been living off this website? Solely, pretty much. I've been living off the website solely for two years. Um, and I can tell you that, you know, you you hear about all of this, like, you, you know, how to start a business, how to start mm -hmm. a blog, you know, find a niche. And I did all that, but I didn't know that that was the rhetoric at the time. Like, that yeah. wasn't the rhetoric. Uh, so I just happened to say, oh, I can, I can do this. It, it happened by chance. It did. Yeah. I was like, I can, I know how to build websites. There isn't one about pool care that's, that I like that it's, that sells it in the, or that teaches information the way I can teach information or the way I did in the store. So I just did it and I, and it sucked at first. Like it was bad, but I just kept at it, you know, slowly but surely. And then ended up dedicating a lot of time to it. And that was really the, that was really the catalyst was. Uh, you know, had this site and I didn't really write all that much and I didn't really do videos and it just, it sucked. It really did suck. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? Um, and the traffic sucked too. It, it, it like completely reflected how much time and effort I was putting into it. And this is when I had a job. Mm -hmm. So then I, I'm looking at it and I'm like, if I just did a little bit of work, if I just tried even at all on this website, I'm, it'll do well. Yeah. And that's what I did. Like I started trying really hard and then I happened to get laid off and I'm like, you know what? This is the universe or whatever thing out there. I don't know. I'm not a religious or spiritual person, but it's something's telling me like something just gave me an opportunity and I'm like, you better just go with this and yeah. work really hard on this thing. And don't, there is no, there is no safety net now. I mean, the safety net was the unemployment, but after that you're, you're on your own kid. Yeah. Right. And that was sort of it. Like, I, I, I argued with my parents and not my parents, like my mom really would be like, when are you going to get a job? You know, you're going to yeah. get a job at some point. I'm like, you don't understand. This is it. I'm going to yeah. do it. Hashtag hustle. You know, it's this is it. <laughs> yeah. So it was just it just happened to be that way. And then, yeah, it's it. <laughs> I actually took a year off last year. I didn't work on the site at all in 2014. Mm -hmm. And it like tripled in traffic. And the income grew. And I'm like, I'm looking at it now going, oh, my God, if I even put if I put no work into this site for a year, it's a, it was a passive for an entire year. I'm like, all I have to do is put like a little bit of extra like TLC into this website. Mm -hmm. And maybe I can double my income this year, which is what I'm which is what my plan is, you know, tentatively right now. Yeah. Well, how, I mean, the, the podcast that you did yeah. wasn't about pool stuff at all. It was about like money. It was about something I knew nothing about. <laughs> yeah. I, zero. Where I did mean, that? It was about what was the name of it? But it was like some sort of financial advice kind of thing. Right. Yeah. It was called Listen Money Matters. Right. I was thinking Money ma Matters, something like that. So 
Where did that come from, from the pool thing to that? Uh, so I, I, since you've interviewed Chase and Corbin and Caleb, I'm sure you're familiar with Fizzle. Yeah, well, so that, okay, so my, my like I said, I I heard of you because your name was mentioned on the $100 MBA show by Omar yes. Zenholm because you did the music for his, his podcast, and mm-hmm. I like his music, and that's when I Googled you and found your website, and here we are. So, yeah, the second part of that question was, how did you get connected with this whole group of people? It sounds like uh, it's kind of one answer, though. Yeah, it's it's Fizzle. Okay. So, it, it um... Before Fizzle, I was part of a community that was teaching me Black Hat SEO. Uh, and I was always, you know, just I, I'm alone. I'm, I mean, I don't know about you because Tennessee's pretty doing what you do. I, I imagine there's not a lot of people in Tennessee that do what you do. In terms of sh- like podcasting or, or what? Yeah, like podcasting, online entrepreneurship. Am I yeah, wrong? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say I would say that. Uh, well, it's kind of like the whole United States. You know, there, there's, you know, the vast majority of the United States is a big, you know, it's not empty, but, you know, there's uh, there's pockets, you know. And, and the same way in Tennessee, I'm in Chattanooga. There's Chattanooga, there's Knoxville and Nashville, Memphis. There's a few big cities yeah. in, in, in Tennessee that definitely have these communities. But I would, I mean, in Nashville is obviously a great music scene, but I Chatt- love Nashville. Chattanooga over the last couple of years has really kind of blown up in terms of a, uh, a little bit of a tech scene and like this sort of indie artist scene because mm-hmm. um, the city intentionally did that. They wanted those kind of people here. So they started like basically paying people to move to the city and live here who were artists and musicians and you know, that, that sort of thing. And also um, somehow, I don't know how it worked out. I don't know if Chattanooga won some sort of bid or whatever, but um, we have uh uh, one gigabit fiber um, internet connection mm. to ev- every every address in the city. So it's it's actually this is a, a, a statistic I, I can never. It sounds so weird to say. No one believes me when I say it. But Chattanooga actually has, of all places, Chattanooga has the fastest internet connection in like the entire northern hemisphere. And wow. um, and so that has attracted a lot of companies who sure build online businesses because they can get you know, one, one gigabit up and down for $69 a month, you know? Mm. And so that's attracted, you know, quite a bit of a little tech startup scene. So yeah, I I would say it's not, it's, it's not, um, I'm not as unusual as you might think for, for Tennessee. If you just think about, I mean, people think about Tennessee and they think it's just a bunch of rednecks making moonshine, which it is a lot, (laughs) but there, there are definitely pockets. Well, so I, the the point I was going to make is that South Jersey is not. Yeah. A, a, it's not a tech hub. It's not a friendly place for, you know, online entrepreneurs. There's I don't know anybody else that does what I do in my local area. Yeah. So I'm forced to go to Philadelphia and there's some in Philadelphia because I'm not too far from Philadelphia, but it, it is it can be lonely. And I'm and my I guess what I was saying is I join these online communities to meet other people because mm-hmm. I didn't even know. Like I, I was just so secluded. I wasn't even reading any like these Pat Flynn types. And we know when I started. So yeah. and I actually don't even know if they were around when I started. Uh, but <laughs> finding communities was really difficult. And then I found Corbett Bar and then I, you know, I found Think Traffic because I was looking to get traffic. And then he started Fizzle and I was like, all right, maybe I'll do that. And then he lowered the price and I jumped in and, 
Yeah. I met Omar and I met some other people in there, but uh, I met Andrew, who is the uh, my co-host on List of Money Matters, and he still runs it. And he, you know, um, liked my site. He liked what I was doing. He liked my design work and my creativity. I was I had a rap video out about pool care uh, that you know did very well for me on Swim University, and you know people were very impressed. They were like, "Oh my god, this guy." Like, did, you know, when you think a rap song about pool care, you're thinking it's probably the dumbest thing and the right. worst rap you've ever heard. Yeah. But everyone was like, holy shit, man, you got skills and that beat is nasty. <laughs> they didn't nice. say that. But, you know, there's just like it was it was good and I'm I'm proud of it. And, you know, I got some notoriety from it in the community. And Andrew was, you know, wanted to, you know, hang out with me sort of online. And he lived in New York, so it wasn't too far. And so we, we struck up a friendship and he helped me you know, optimize some university a little bit. And he had a website called Listen Money Matters. And I, the, he, he, you know, came to me in with this proposition that, hey, I can help you do some university if you come on board and work on Listen Money Matters with me. Now, at the time, uh, I was really bad with money and I was trying to get better. I was reading, you know, personal finance books. Yeah. I was trying to get out of debt uh, because if I was going to do this entrepreneurial thing, this online stuff, uh, I couldn't be bad with money. I can't. You can't be. If yeah. you're bad with money, if you have any sort of debt, you can't quit your job. You're you're you can't. I'm sorry. But well, so well, I, well, I mean, you can because <laughs> I've I've done it. And I know, I'm, but, I, it's, but so, it's really hard. It's, it's really, really, really hard. hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. I know. you. Can, I know I say these absolutes and I know it's not, you know, it's just my nature. But, you know, Having debt and I, I don't know. I just wanted I was just so bad. I was just really bad with it. And I'm like, yeah. I can't I can't do this business and and like own a BMW and live in a really expensive condo. Like I can't be that guy anymore. Yeah. So I ended up like I thought it'd be a good idea to help him build this website out because in the at the same time I'm learning. Just yeah. like I, I have this pool site and I'm building it out and now I'm learning about online entrepreneurship. If I build out this website, I'm gonna learn about money. Yeah. And I did. And uh, we ended up starting a podcast because him and I would just have these conversations over Skype, you know, just business conversations. And his wife would listen and say, oh, my God, you guys should start a podcast. Like, I'm listening to you guys just talk about, you know, yeah. your website and you guys are entertaining. And so I have a podcasting background. I did two podcasts prior to this one. Uh, one was uh, about swimming pools. <laughs> so one <Yeah>. was my <laughs> Swim University podcast, which I did about 15 episodes. And that didn't work out. But I had one before that that was interesting. Uh, a friend of mine went overseas to Afghanistan to fight in the war, right? Yeah. And he wanted a piece of home that he could like he could just get delivered. And he came up with an idea like, why don't you know you guys do a podcast? So it was about my old bass player in my band. And then um he you know he went off and then me and the uh the drummer of my band we started this podcast specifically for him and it was called the Arctic Fox because it was just a cool name that I saw on Discovery Channel one day. Yeah. And it was it, made, it was nothing. It meant nothing to anyone except to him. And we talked about like local news, which was, you know, not really that interesting because right. I live in South Jersey. And we talked about, you know, we went out and did, you know, pranks on people. We did all kinds of stuff, like a weird, you know, morning radio show kind of thing, but just for him. And it did well. Like it, I mean, back this was in 2006 or 2007, like a long time ago. I was going to ask um, when it was. Yeah. So way back then, that was that was truly, you know, I mean, I think podcasts started popping up, you know, as early as 2004. But, yeah. you know, back at that time frame, that really was, um, 
uh, I mean, podcasting was not a a common thing by any means. So, no. so what you know what what put podcasting on your radar? Like, I, I didn't even you know I consider myself someone who's kind of been in the the tech web industry, you know, even when I wasn't working full time in it, but I just kind of kept an eye on it throughout the years. But I wasn't even aware of podcasts until probably 2009 or 10. So right. how did the idea to even do a podcast, um, you know, record yourself and put it out there on the internet? How did that even happen? Uh, yeah. So I'm in, so at the time I was in the music industry. I mean, that was my, that was my job was to go out and play music. Okay. Uh, and uh, my dad owns a recording studio in our in our my childhood basement. Oh, and okay. my, it doubles as my room at the time. Yeah. So I literally grew up in a recording studio. Right. Uh, and literally. I, yeah. yeah, literally. <laughs> uh, not not using that word incorrectly. So I I was, you know, I, I've I've known about like, you know, what do you use for podcast editing? What program do you use? Uh, Adobe Audition. OK, so I use Logic Pro X. And I was so to give you some idea on how long I've been doing this, uh, Logic Pro was uh, used to be owned by a company called eMagic. It's mm-hmm. been bought out by Apple and it was it was called Logic by eMagic and it was made by a German company. And that was in 1997 I started mm-hmm. using it. So I've yeah. been using a version of Logic for a very, very long time. Yeah. Uh, and before that, it was, you know, uh, one inch tape, reel to reel tape. Yeah. Uh, so I just been I just had this audio background, this audio yeah. engineering background. And I think podcasting appeared on my radar because it was a new medium for music. You know, just like mm. MP3s were a new, you know, became a thing where like, what the hell's, you know, yeah. I remember those little, you know, those little like tape discs, those MD discs. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like like anything that was, I was just in that world. So you just knew like what was going on. Yeah. And, uh, cause we would do, you know, talk, talk, you know, spoken word stuff and music stuff. So that's how I think, I don't even know if that's true, but I think that that's why it was just on my radar. I wasn't a tech head. I wasn't into like computer design or computer yeah. design. I wasn't into like website design or any <laughs> of that stuff back then. I was into like, you know, playing guitar, uh, writing about ex-girlfriends and, and uh, you know, playing local shows in Philadelphia. That, that's, that was my world. And any time, any, any sort of medium that I could use to get my music out there, like, I remember at the very tail end of my music career or what, what you know, my the, when I was in the band, MySpace had come out and I'm like, I was just all over that as yeah. fast as I could because I'm like, this is a way to get our music out to more people on the Internet. Yeah. You know, and then now, like now, God, if I had if I was still in a band, I I would I think I would do so well because I just like with Twitter and Facebook and and my website design skills like I would do things totally different and I, would, I actually might go and do it just for the fun of it. But I think about that stuff all the time. Yeah. I think, man, if I just knew what I knew now, um, 10 years ago, even just, you know, five years ago, but 10 yeah. years ago or 15 years ago, things could be so different um, because I've come to this realization that um, no matter what. And in fact, I've wrote a, written a little post about it, but I don't know where to post it since I don't really have a blog. But um, uh, I, I wrote this little thing about this realization that we're all, I mean, whatever we do, if you're a musician, if you're a pool uh, maintainer, if you're a writer, you know, we're all marketers, really. I mean, when it comes down to it, or we, at least we need to be, you know, if we want to make any money. And um, 
And if, if I could somehow take that knowledge and go back to the start of so many of these things, I'd approach it so much differently because it's, uh, you know, with your mindset, that sort of marketing mindset, you can make anything work, you know? I mean, even if you don't know about the actual thing, you can still make it work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I do. And I, and I would I would argue that uh, that's only part of it, right? Yeah. So I think... I'm really I'm really going down this road of and this is like recent for me because I've done the marketing only like writing the 300 word post yeah. with the with two links and submitting it to every friggin article directory that ever existed online. I mean, I had they, I mean, easy articles was sending me gifts in the mail, like the real mail because yeah. of how much content I was pumping their way. Yeah. And it was just all bullshit. It was horrible. And, you know, now I thought like all of that work that I did for all of those months is worthless. It's completely shit, right? And now I'm thinking, you know what's the stuff that I'm doing that's lasting the longest? It's this pool rap video, this pool care rap video that mm -hmm. took me like months to create and these infographics that are not just infographics because I'm trying to promote something. They're, they were, I did yeah. it because it was fun to do and it was like but helpful. that's what that's what i mean i guess i should have defined that that's what i mean by marketing when i say marketing i'm kind of taking seth godin's definition of that which is connecting with a group of people that resonate with whatever it is you're doing so sure. to me your rap video those infographics that's marketing and and so that that's what i'm talking about that you know if, if I could, if I had, if I, if I could have known that back then, that the most important thing is to connect with people and not just create something and sort of Kevin Costner it and hope people show up. Um, what does that mean? What does Kevin Costner mean? What is, what is, you know, feel, you know, shitty movies, you know, feel the dreams, you know, like you just, you build it and they'll, and they'll come. And, oh. and, and, and that was the sort of always the philosophy. Like, you know what? I don't have to worry about any sort of marketing. I don't have to worry about trying to connect with people or get something in front of people. If I just make something really great, then people will just automatically find it. And sometimes that does happen, but it's rare and it's usually, it's not, doesn't necessarily have to do with like the individual, you know, it's just a lucky sure. coincidence of time and place. And so rather than just building things and hoping people will show up, you know, we have to be doing things to, um, what I would call marketing, which is stuff like your rap video and infographic and, and things that that uh, resonate with a particular audience. And so well it's, well, it's not just that. Like you have to build, I think, the best goddamn thing ever. Like you have to just put everything you have into yeah. building something, whatever it is. It could be a website. It could be uh, a, a PDF. It could be something physical, like an actual product that people love. Right. Yeah. And I think like that's not. Like marketing is built into that, sure, but that's not marketing. That is just creating a product, right? Yeah. And then you and then you can give it a kickstart. You know, you can go on Facebook and say, like, hey, share this. Or you can go on Twitter or, you know, write a blog post or whatever and say, like, I have this new thing and like present it to the world. Yeah. You saying that you have this thing for sale is marketing. The thing itself isn't. However, if the thing itself is so amazing, you have this word of mouth marketing built into the product, right. then you're not doing marketing anymore. It's just marketing it itself. And I think that is what, you know, you have to, that's what you should strive to build. Don't strive to build something that you have to constantly put tweets into buffer to say over and over again to the same dumb fucking audience right. every single day. Put, make something that when you do tweet about it, 
people can't help but retweet the shit out of it. Like that's yeah. just it's really hard to to con you know to to visualize because everyone's like, okay, fine, that sounds am amazing. What does that look like, Matt? What is that? Right. You know, how do you quantify? It? You can't, right? All I know is that if it takes you a month to do and it didn't take you that many hours and you like weren't obsessed with it day and night, it probably sucks. Yeah, it's probably pretty shitty right now. I can tell you that w when it comes to this podcast that we did, we did not put a lot of time and effort into it in the beginning. We were doing it once a week. Um, it was different only because I can't like my brain won't let me conform to what everyone else is doing. Like, I, and look, I, I could have went and listened to a bunch of personal finance podcasts to see what everyone's doing and talking about. Yeah. And I would have come up with a different podcast maybe, but I'm like, you know what I like, there's a local radio rock radio station called President Steve. They have a morning show. They're funny. They curse when they can or whatever. And I'm like, this is, this is what I want to do. Oh God. Imagine if I did that with personal finance, like, yeah. you know, just, I talk, I curse, I curse when I talk more so in real life than I am on this podcast. I am trying to reframe myself, but I'm sure <laughs> I've dropped the F bomb a couple of times, yeah. but you know, I'm like, I, you know, I like heavy metal music. I like metal core. So I'm going to put, you know, um, my, uh, my favorite music in the beginning of this show, I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about money in the way that I visualize it. Cause I, I'm bad with it. So I'm going to, you know, See if my badness and Andrew's goodness can meld together and create something. And it was a, a completely an experiment. And it just I wanted to just do something that was, you know, I wouldn't hate myself doing every day. So why did you why did you end up uh, quitting that podcast? That's a good question. I've, I have not talked about this publicly. <laughs> um, so I left because. Andrew and I just didn't get along anymore. We didn't see eye to eye on where the brand was going. And it sort of just ended in in a, in a fight, really. Mm. And um, I didn't really have any, I, you know, the problem was is that it was his brand to begin with, just like Swim University was my brand to begin with. Uh, it was never going to be his, nor was the Money Matters ever going to be mine, uh, even yeah. though I was the host, you know, the, the main host of the show and, and Andrew was the co-host. You know, I had to walk away. There was nothing I you know, I couldn't have bought it from him because it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So, you know, he's going to continue the show with he, somebody else to replace me. And I think they're, you know, the guy who he got to replace me, I love Thomas Frank. Uh, I think he's going to do a great job. And I haven't, I didn't get a proper send off, but you know, I, if this is my, <laughs> I guess my area to do that, like I wish those guys the best of luck. I really do. Um, yeah. But I've been, I've been in a lot of, I've been in a lot of those situations, you know, yeah. and, and it does suck. And, and, I don't know. It's um. I, I don't know if it's if it's me or it, yeah. It's just my personality. You know, I, I I'm a very I'm not an emotional guy, but I'm a very sensitive guy, and I I care a lot about my friendships, and I care a lot about. I don't want you know to be misunderstood, and 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 I want people to you know know how much I care about them, etc. And when you get into business, sometimes it just uh there's just nothing you can do. You know, you just have to, you just have to do what you have to do and, and people are going to misunderstand and there's going to be conflict and there's just nothing, there's just literally nothing you can do about it. You know, even though you wish yeah. it was, it was totally different. You just can't. Well, I have this issue with, um, you know, so one of the words that, uh, I, I don't like is passion. Yeah. It, you know, it's this word that we've, you know, we've ingrained into our business model that I'm like, I, you know, 
no, I'm not passionate about pool care. I could give, a, you know, like I'm not, I'm not waking up every morning like, oh my God, I can't wait to talk about chlorine today. It's going to be amazing. Like my life is wonderful. I, I am not, I'm not passionate about it. I'm not even passionate about uh, website design. I yeah. like it. I like doing it. It interests me. I like reading like books like, you know, the Seth Gooden books that you mentioned. Like, I like reading that stuff. I wouldn't say I'm passionate about it. Yeah. You know, um, it's something I enjoy doing. And I was always criticized by Andrew that I wasn't passionate enough about the project. And I sort of resent that because it's like, well, why does that have to be the why does that have to be how I'm measured? Yeah. And how and you because first of all, it's, you can't measure that. You know, I'm not I'm you know, I'm not a passionate person. I'm just not. It's yeah. just, you know, there are some things that I really like, like I like beer. Uh, I like, I like drinking. I like music. I love music. Yeah. I'm pat. I mean, if there's anything I'm really passionate about, I guess it would be music. Uh, but it's not something that I really want to, like, I don't think I have to be passionate about what I do in order to enjoy it and for it to be a thing. And I kind of always kind of felt like out of place that, you know, I read these Gary Vaynerchuk books and it's like, follow your passion, do your dream. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm not doing that. If that's, you know, what is that? And I, and I struggle with, well, what the hell does that look like? Like, what is, what is following my passion actually look like? Yeah. I don't, I don't think that you're doing anything wrong. I think, as you said in the beginning, this copycat culture, we've also created this kind of the culture, um, with this internet culture where from the minute, you know, like my oldest daughter is seven years old and, mm -hmm. And she's never going to experience like when I was a kid and, and it was changing even when I was a kid in, in the eighties. But even then there was still this sense of you grow up and you get a job and you do it for 40 years and then you retire. And, and she's never going to feel that kind of, uh, pressure because we're, we're in this, this age now where we're told that we can do anything we want to do and, and just follow your passion, follow your dream. And, and I, I agree with like the root of that, like the sentiment of that advice, but it's sure, just kind so of, I. it's just kind of created this culture where it can be paralyzing because you think, as you just said, well, I don't know what I'm passionate about. I like this, but am I really passionate about it? So maybe I shouldn't do that because I'm not really passionate about it. And we obsess over all this stuff instead of just doing something. And you know what? That's, that's a really good uh, thing you just said, because for the past two weeks since, you know, New Year's happened, I've been struggling very, very hard with this concept, which is um, I am no longer with Listen Money Matters. I, I, I walked away. I am starting from scratch because I look at Swim University and yes, for the entire last year, I didn't really work on it. I was busy working on Listen Money Matters and I built it up. It's like one of the top personal finance, you know, podcasts. And we did we had a really large audience of people yeah. and I walked away from that and with nothing. I got paid nothing. I have no 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 one followed me uh, because I've never got a proper send off like, hey, I'm going to be over here at MattJavanisti.com if you want to follow me. I never even said that publicly. Yeah. Right. So now I'm in this situation where it's the new year. You know, you're online. Everyone's publishing their year in review and everyone's, you know, <laughs> talking about all the great shit that happened to them last year. And I'm like, I, I can't publish something like that because everything that I did last year was kind of gone now. Yeah. You know, all like the, the physical work that I did. I mean, of course, I've learned a lot. But here I am at a crossroads like, you know, I, yes. Do I want to follow my passion? Sure. Of course. 
right? I think my passion is just working for myself. That is what I really want to do. That yeah. doesn't, it doesn't even really matter what it is as long as I don't have to wake up <laughs> at, you know, nine o'clock with a buzzer in my ear. Dude, we are so much alike. This is I unbelievable. I cannot get over it. I, 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 I have said the exact same thing. Um, I, I don't, I dabbled with employment again last summer because I I thought, you know, I haven't had a job in a long time. Maybe it's not as terrible as I remember. And, <laughs> right. It's not as bad as we all thought. It. <laughs> and I had but, I had this great offer and it was it was gonna be, you know, partnership and so I thought it wasn't gonna be like a regular job, all this stuff. Needless to say, you know, six weeks in it was as bad as I remembered. And it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't them. It wasn't the company. It wasn't the guys. I, I could not, felt. I couldn't think of a better job to have if I was going to have a job. Like sure. they were all amazing. I just realized that, you know, for the first time in six years, I, I was going to bed on Sunday night with that feeling of shit. It's Monday tomorrow, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and like I realized I, I haven't felt that way in six years. And you yeah. know what? There's nothing I don't, I don't want you. There's nothing. That's worth having this feeling. And I'd, I would rather I would rather deal with all the stress and all the uncertainty yeah. and the issues that come with of, of working for yourself than than to have that feeling. You know, yeah, that's yeah, just what it comes down to. I agree. And, you know, this crossroads now is like, you, you know, I'm, you, you did it. I, and I'm 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 sort of jealous in a way because you said I'm going to start a podcast, but I'm going to start a podcast on what I want to hear, like the podcast that I want to start. And that's yeah. the same exact thought I had. You yeah. know, I'm like, all right, I did the personal finance stuff. I'm not really a personal finance nerd. Like I wasn't, it's not, who the hell's passionate about personal finance? <laughs> but like I wasn't into it all the way. I am into website design and optimization and building writing blog and like all the stuff that I, I, I shit on for, 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 most, for the most part, but yeah. I like it. I, I really do. And I'm like, all right, well, I want to do, do a show that's more about like the internal struggles that people like us go through and not the tactical stuff. And I like listen to your podcast and I'm like, wow, this guy does. Ex- all right. That's exactly what my show is. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm like. And then here's what happens, though, <laughs> is I hear that and I go, well, he already did it. So what's the next idea? <laughs> and it's, you know, and t- the truth is, is like that happens because I also thought <laughs> I swear to God, uh, I was going to write a book on podcast. Podcasting, like a PDF right. course on podcasting. I, I, I didn't, I didn't have a name for it yet. And then I go on your site. I'm like, he already did that. So he literally took both of my ideas, and we've never met before. We've never even known about each other. Uh, and then I go, well, fuck, this guy already did it. Like, what am I gonna like? Here I am, and now I don't know where to start. But yeah. the truth is, and here's the part that you have to get over as an entrepreneur is like, yeah, of course it's been done before, right? And of course you're gonna meet somebody who's done. Yeah. It. Right. And it doesn't even mean you have to one up them. It doesn't even mean you have to go in and do it better. Right. Yeah. You just have to do it your way. And there are going to be people who follow Adam and there will be people who follow Matt. And they might be the same people who follow both. And just like I like hearing it from like in both ears, the same yeah. message you know, whatever it is. And I just I feel like getting started is in- incredibly hard. When I started Swim University, it took me two years to even start coding one line, which is because my friend came up to me and was like, dude, you've been talking about Swim University. I've owned the domain name. You've been talking about it for two years. Yeah. Do something today. Go do something. And I'm like, I needed that kick in the ass. Same with starting the band. The same guy even is the guy who said to me, you know, let's start a band. Let's start a band right the fuck now. Like, here's the name. Here's the, let's go do it. You know, yeah. I don't even know how to play bass, but I'm going to learn. I'm like, all right. Yeah. That's, 
And that's what happened. Like you just, you know, there was this, there was this person who pushes you that, that direction. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the same way with me though. I mean, this, this podcast, this course I've been talking, I actually have a, a, I can prove it. I have a PSD on my hard drive with a timestamp, you know, when I created it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. A Photoshop file has a timestamp shows when I created it. It was um, over two years ago when I first thought I'd like to create some sort of little ebook or guide or thing about podcasting. Yeah. Because I'm the same as you. I said, I, I was like, you know, I don't know what I'm passionate about. I'm interested in a lot of things, but the, yeah. the word passion just has got me so twisted up. I couldn't even begin to say what I'm actually passionate about, but I knew that I liked podcasting and I wanted to do it. But so, you know, it, that, that was two years ago and I just launched this thing um, less than a month ago and it, it took that long before I just decided Literally, it was kind of a day where where I was just like thinking about my future, thinking about like, I feel like I'm getting old. My kids are growing up. You know, uh, when you're in your 20s, you still don't have the sense that, you know, time is going to end at some point. And I'm feeling like, you know, it's if I'm going to do stuff, I've got to get to it. And and it was just a decision. I decided I've been talking about this for two years. Am I going to do it or am I not going to do it? And I just decided to just do it. And the thing that had kept me from doing it for two years was because, well, there are other podcasting guides out there. You know, Pat Flynn's got one. Cliff yep. Ravenscraft has one. John Lee Dumas has one. All these people have um, all these podcast guides and courses and communities. What what point is there in me doing another one? And it just came down to the fact that I wanted to do it. I don't know if it's going to be as good as those guys, but I feel like... Um, I will bring my own personality to it and maybe that'll make it different enough. I don't know. The, the point is, is that if you, if you worry so much about the fact that it's been done before, then you're right. You're never going to do it because you're nope. always going to find something. You just have to decide, are you going to do it or not? No matter, you know, who else has done it or hasn't done it. And so, right. and there's, and there's always, there's always room again. I mean, you got to think like what, what a small little, bubble like we talked about fizzle and i love fizzle and i talk about it all the time on the show but mm. it's a tiny little bubble on, on uh, you think about the number of people on this planet and how big the internet is there's so much space for people to do what they want to do even if there's two million or whatever other people already doing it yeah you know that's the whole well, i mean there's you had a band i was in a band Everyone, you know, there's so many bands. Why would you start a band? Because, well, there's already there's already a heavy metal band out there. You know, what are we <laughs> right, going to add? Right. What did you play? Drums, mostly. Yeah. I mean, I kind of play everything, but... So um, do I. Yeah. But Dude, the, are we the same person? <laughs> maybe. I, I don't know. <laughs> I played I played drums, bass, and guitar, and yeah. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. I mean, that I guess that would be my thing is that, uh, or if, if there's encouragement, it's just that... I, I spent two years not doing things because of that same thing. Like other people have done it. All I'm going to be adding is noise. But here's, here's what the difference was is, um, you can, how do I put this? Um, uh, you can do something that other people have done and you can do it by copying them or you can do what they've done, but do it in your own way. I don't know if that makes sense, but it does make sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and I started going down the road of copying of saying, okay, this person's done it. I'll just take their exact template. It'll be my own personality and that'll make it different enough. And, but that wasn't really true because that it wasn't me. It wasn't who I was. I was, I was trying to be 
someone else. I was trying to be this inspirational entrepreneurial business guy and it always just came across as fake. You know, it's right, just, not, yeah. it just wasn't me. And so I think that's the key is, is don't copy someone else, but just do it the way you want to do it. Like you said, you did the rap video or whatever. I mean, there's so many ways <laughs> that you can do something that had, maybe has been done before, but you're doing it in a unique way. Well, it's and, not even, yeah. I mean, part of it is doing what you want to do. And I agree. Cause yeah. again, like I, I did comedy rap. And I also did pool care and I'm like, how do I marry these two things? You know, yeah. now I'm trying to figure out how do I marry snowboarding with pool care? Like there's got to be a way. Right. <laughs> uh, that's my passion meshing. But, you know, one of the things that I have adopted is this idea like make or do the thing that you wish was out in the world. Yeah. Right. So you are you are doing it with this podcast. You said I wish there was a podcast that did this. So you know what? I'm just going to do it. And you were yourself and you were honest about it. And yes, some of the things that you've done is copying, but because you're copying because you admire that. And that's what you want. Like you were like, yeah. that's a brilliant idea. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it in my way. Yeah. Now, the one of the things that the reason why I thought of this podcasting book was when I started podcasting in like 2006, there wasn't even a guide, a dummy's guide to podcasting. And yeah. I'm like, you know, and, and even when I like was doing research for Listen Money Matters, because I, of course, you do more research, you know, you know, what mic should I add? Because I switched mics and I got the sport and all this. But there was no source, like main source that you like a book or a guide or a website or whatever the case that was just like this it, affordable, by the way. That's the other word. It's yeah. Affordable. You know what? You know, this is everything you need to know to make a really good podcast, not yeah. just the technical shit, but like why? And because that's what you're doing with your book. It's like I wanted that. Yeah. And so I'm like, I maybe I should like I can create it now that I've done a, a successful podcast. Like now I know exactly what works and what doesn't work. And man, if only if I want to write the book, if if I like if only I had that book, you know, back then, that's the, like, how I think about it. And the same with pool care, even though I don't own a pool, I did. My, my parents owned a pool and I thought, what would be the guy that my dad would like? Or yeah. like, you know, let me build the thing that I, you know, that even like that would educate me. Like if I owned a pool, how would I want to be educated? Which is why I started doing the videos because I'm like, you know what? I, I don't want to read about, you know, getting rid of a green pool. You know, yeah. I want to look and see how the hell this guy does it. That's how I learn. I go on YouTube, you know, yeah. to learn things. You know, I, I don't really read blog posts. So that's why I started doing video and, you know, started doing, uh, you know, illustrations because to me that always worked for, you know, for me. And, and no matter what I was, you know, teaching. So I feel like, you know, because I can do video, because I can animate, because I can podcast and do all these little technical things. Like now I can just educate in anything as long as I have some knowledge in it. Yeah. Right. So it might be, you know, it might I might do a beer podcast. I, you know, yeah. a beer brewing podcast. Who knows? I could do a podcasting podcast. I could do, well, you know, how to make video podcasts. Like there's there's endless possibilities. If you just think of that's the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to build the thing that I need to do, you know, to scratch your own itch, I guess. Yeah, totally. I mean, and I was in the same place that you were in the sense of when I launched this show, I had a previous show and I got advice from people that, you know, um, you know, don't launch a new show. You know, why are you going to give up all those subscribers, et cetera? Yep. You know, and they, you know, take advantage of the eight weeks you have in new and noteworthy. Well, right. But 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 that was part of the reason is I thought, you know, I just 
I just need to start fresh, and the people who care enough about it will find, we'll will come yeah. over and subscribe from the old yep. show, etc. And I, I did want to take advantage of you know stuff in iTunes that I wouldn't have been able to with launching the if I just stuck with the same show and just uh, changed it. So I mean, you're actually in a good place, and and I guess. I don't know. For me, this show has uh, it's it hasn't even been. I don't know. It's about three weeks now, and it's it's already the 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 biggest thing that I've ever done. And I yeah. honestly thought no one would listen to this show, and because oh, I, I, I I removed I thought... all constraints from uh, making money, trying to grow an audience. I uh-huh. just there was really that moment where it's like I'm tired of you know trying to put in all this effort to like you're a musician, so it's like the difference between writing a song that. You know, you write with the intention of thinking um, um, you're trying to write a song that's going to be popular versus writing the song that you have to write, you know. And and when you do the one, it just for me, it's never worked out. And this is the first thing I've ever done where I, I honestly said, I don't care if anyone listens to the show. I'm going to do exactly what I want to do. And I don't care about any of the, you know, proper rules or whatever ways to do it. And suddenly it's. It's the most popular thing I've ever done, you know, yeah. and it's it's ironic how it works that way. But so you can start a new show, even if it's the same concept, the same idea. Um, there's that's my point is there's a lot of people in the world. I mean, there's no reason to be afraid of someone else has done it or that's already taken. Nothing's taken. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No. And I and you're right. And it's not like um this I, I you know if I'm gonna do another podcast, which I my dad bought me this you know Shure SM7B microphone right. uh, because it's something I've wanted for years, and it's you know this is the mic that they use to record a Thriller album on, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just an amazing microphone. Uh, I have a really nice mixing board that my dad also bought for me because he said you know you you quit listening Money Matters, you left. He's like, but here's you know seven hundred dollars worth of equipment. Now you go better do something with it. Yeah. You know. And, you know, I've had this idea uh, for a while for a show, but I want to ask you uh, what your advice would be to like I got again, like, you know, I have a background. I've done this before. I could give my own advice, but I'm curious to see because you're currently in it. You're currently at the beginning stages of and you've done podcasting before. So what would your advice be to someone like me who's, you know, not just just, you know, just I had to start something. So what would it be about podcasting? Yeah, about podcasting specifically. Like what kind of show you should start or that that kind of thing? No, just like things that you've learned from just starting this new thing. Like what were some of the big takeaways? Hmm. I, I would say that um, honestly the biggest thing uh, was just um, giving up on this. You know, I grew up in a really ultra conservative Christian home and I think that kind of wired my brain in a way to always want to – follow the rules or to look at the world in absolute right or absolute wrong. And I've got to find the right way to do something. There's, there's a way that there's a correct way to do something and there's an incorrect way. And I spent so much time trying to find the correct way to do things that, um, I I just never did it. And the biggest thing that I would say for me is that I just, I just decided really, it was like what I said, I just decided, um, I don't care what the rules say I should or shouldn't do. I'm just going to do what I want to do. And I don't care if anyone listens to it. Now, what's difficult about that is uh, if, if you if you don't have any money and you're trying to make money, 
you know, putting the pressure of making money on something makes it really complicated and you end up <laughs> compromising things so much, yeah. which is why you're in a great position because you've got this website, you've got some income coming in. So you could start a show that uh, you could just make the show you want to make and it wouldn't matter if anyone listened because three months later, if it didn't connect, if it didn't land, no one's listening, then you decide... Am I enjoying this enough to keep doing it, or do I want to try something else? And and you're not and and you're not then you know uh, broken in debt and have to go work at McDonald's because you you have some income coming in. And right. So that's I mean I wish that I was in that place. You know I don't I when I did this when I decided I was going to make this show and make this course, I quit doing what I was doing, which is freelance web design, and I had no other income, nothing. You know, and I have two kids and a house mm -hmm. and debt and all this stuff and student loans. But I just decided um, I'm tired of talking about this stuff. I'm just going to do it. And I'm confident I can figure out a way to make money. And so are you, are you jumping without a safety net right now? Oh, there's no, uh, absolutely no safety net. So it was like, yeah, when I, when I, that's the whole thing, man. I mean, I, with the course, with all of it, I, I had no idea if any of this would be successful, I'm still not making money from the show because sure. I and I started it. I didn't want to make money from it because I didn't want to put that pressure on myself. And that's the dilemma I face at the moment is, well, now I actually could make an income from the show because of the audience it has gathered. And I don't know if I want to go down that road or not. But but just for example, um, with the course and stuff, you know, yeah, I, I had no safety net. I had no other means of making money. So... I thought I want to figure out if I can fund the creation of my course rather than just like most people do. You make the thing and then you try to sell it. Now so you get I, sponsors first. Well, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to try to, you know, figure out if I could pre-sell it, though, basically figure okay. out if it's I wanted to do an experiment and see if I could basically fund the creation of it. And and I did that. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I put up this landing page for a course. I've never, you know, you talk about breaking the rules. I've never released a single piece of content, whether written, audio, video, about podcasting regarding how to, you know, regarding mm -hmm. a tutorial. I had just happened to have done a podcast and I threw up a landing page, said I was going to be doing this, had a little newsletter box to sign up. There was no opt-in. There was no, you get three free tips or whatever. If you sign sure. up, it was just sign up. Seven days later... I launched the fuller landing page telling people what would be in the course and opened up a pre-sale starting at a dollar and the price bumped up a dollar with each purchase. And um, four days later, I had 100 pre-orders and I'd made, you know, five or six thousand dollars and and it's continued to, um, you know, trickle in since then. But it's been enough to kind of extend my runway a couple days at a time so that I don't have to go back and take a freelance client or something. Right. So, and the traffic's just coming in from the podcast for the most part. Um, well, I'm the same as you is that, you know, I, I really, I connected with a lot of people in fizzle and, mm. and I do have a number of friends and, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of strategies, you know, I, you know, the, the, the number one strategy I would say is, is to connect with, um, people whose audiences are similar to the one you want to build and um, and somehow get in front of that audience. Sure. So so I started doing things like that. Like I thought, what do I know how to do? Okay, with podcasting, I can edit shows. I, I think a lot of the shows out there sound, sound pretty crappy, honestly. And 
I I'm really have an attention or like an eye for detail and stuff like that. So I started offering stuff like that. Like, hey, listen, I'll edit your show for you. You know, you're a big famous person. You got this massive audience. You know, you're spending all this time. You know, I'll edit the show for you. I don't I'm not going to charge you any money for that. What I want instead is is promotion, you know, help sure. with with getting what I'm doing in front of other people. And people were happy to do that, you know, because I was providing something of value to them. They were happy to, you know, I mean, they they checked to see if what I was doing was quality or not. Sure. But but then they were willing to promote it. And so um, there's just a lot of different ways, you know, I guess I don't know if that really answers the question of, you know, what would you do? You know, what would, what would the advice be to someone who's wanting to start something, the biggest advice would be just start it, just do it. Yeah. And, and, and you're, you are in a, in, in a great place. Cause you have, you have some somewhat passive income already coming in. So you, you don't have to, it's, it's not like jumping completely blind and just, if it doesn't work, then you might be filling out that Starbucks application, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. And that's true. <laughs> you're right. And, and I think, uh, the other, the other thing is money does, Money does screw things up, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, that was sort of that was part of the downfall of Listen Money Matters was the fact that it, you know, it wasn't really making any money. And although I'd gone in saying like that's not my job to make the money, right? My job yeah. is to do the show. My job is to make a good show, and people will want to sponsor. And it's it's what happened. You know, it did happen. Uh, but you know, selling is really hard. You know, I don't. It's, I I think it's really you gotta. Difficult. Yeah, to me, it it is all about growing an audience, and and we're kind of nerding out on podcasting here a little bit. But the idea of living off of sponsorships is um, it's 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 got a short lifespan. It's expiring because yes, it is. Um, you know, everyone's thinking. You know, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, um, that was an amazing opportunity. You know, you could produce a show and you get ten thousand people to listen to it. You get a couple sponsors and that's a lot of money, but. We're about to see, I think, over the next year or two, or maybe less, um, you know, with what Alex Bloomberg has done, I think the mainstream media is finally taking notice of podcasting. And very soon now, um, podcasting, you know, iTunes is going to be flooded with shows like Serial and Startup who have huge production budgets and teams behind them. You know, the top 100 shows on iTunes are all going to be ESPN, CNN shows. They're all going to be stuff like that. And no longer are you going to be able to get a sponsor if you have 5,000 listeners. You know, you're going to have to have 500,000 or a million before a sponsor is even going to look at you. And so if your game plan is living off of sponsorships, um, it's, that's, it, um, that's a losing, that's a losing game in my opinion. So you got to well, figure I out another way to make money from a show, a podcast, than just sponsorships. Well, I happen to I happen to agree agree with you at first, and then uh, in a little bit further into it, I, I'm starting to disagree because uh, do I agree that yes, you need something else besides sponsorships? Absolutely, right? Yeah. However, the the one argument that I always made for for Listen Money Matters when it came to sponsorships was, you know. We didn't have just a personal finance show that talked about, you know, everything. We, we attracted a, a certain type of person because of yeah. what we were doing. We were cursing. We were drinking beer. Like we were attracting a very hardcore audience. Mm -hmm. And the idea was to try to sell how hardcore that audience was. Like they were engaged. We had emails. You would, could not stop the emails from coming in still. Uh, tweets, 
Facebook posts, whatever, whatever it was like they're yeah. a rabbit. And then not just, you know, answering questions, but just being part of the conversation. And, you know, that is something that I think smaller people are going to be able to do. Like, you know, uh, CNN doesn't have like a rabid fan base of Wolf Blitzer fans who are just like wondering <laughs> what Wolf Blitzer eats for breakfast. Yeah. Although that would be curious. But I think it's venison. But, <laughs> I, you know, it's it's this idea that I think there is a lot of value in being extremely personal and small. And there will always be an underdog who will believe in you and and sponsor you and grow with you. I mean, yeah, look at I, look at Mailchimp. Mailchimp was small. I mean, they were a small thing. Now they're national because are they're nationally being recognized because they happen to take a bet on a podcast like Serial. You know what I mean? They just yeah. they jumped on board early. Well, I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that it's going to become harder and it's going to become, you're going to have oh, sure, to be more yeah. creative about how you go about it. You know, in the last three years, someone could start a show and if it was good enough and it had a decent listenership, it wasn't hard to get sponsors and make enough money from those sponsors to provide a decent income. And I'm just saying that whole process right there is going to is going to get harder and harder as more and more uh, big time, you know, mainstream media, NPR productions dive into podcasting because you're just not going to be able to compete with those numbers. So you got to change the game. Basically, you got to think about it in a different way. I invite that sort of competition, though. I yeah. love that because I know I can create, you know, a serial type production level. I have the yeah. the, the audio uh, engineering background to do such a thing. Am I a great writer? No, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, and maybe that's my that's my drawback. But I know I can create uh, a production along the same lines. I don't know if the content's going to be any good, but, you know, it's up to what see what happens. But. You know, I think I, I like I welcome that sort of, you know, exceptionalism in the industry. I think it yeah. needs it. I think so, too. I think because so too. it's going to make everyone up their game. It's going to make yeah. it's going to make other podcasts better because they're like, you know what? We can't just record it on our iPhones anymore. We're going to have to buy a mic. And I'm like, good. You should have bought a mic to begin. That's with. that. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm trying to say is that yeah. it's it's going to it's going to make things it's going to make it's going to make the, the point of entry a little bit harder a little bit higher it's gonna it's just gonna make spawn getting sponsors for a show i think it's gonna make it a little bit more difficult and it's not going to be as easy as it was to just get some sponsors and make a decent income from that like you're gonna have to figure out new ways of making money from a show not just solely dependent on sponsors and uh and that's you know I'm trying to do that with the course, with other things. You know, there's like you're doing that with your pool website. I mean, there, there, there are. That's what's fun about this is that there, there's, there's so many ways to make money online, and you, there's, you know, there's so many ways that people haven't even thought of yet. Oh yeah. And that's that's what I think is really fascinating and fun is figuring out new ways that you know I can do something that everyone else is doing. But figure out a way uh, to make money from it in a way that people aren't doing. And it's just like a yeah, that's part of the thrill of, of doing all this stuff for me. I, I agree. Same here. I, I get yeah. excited when I think about a program like Gumroad. Yeah. And I think like, wow, they just made it really easy to just take one of my old PDFs and put it up for sale. You know, yeah. like what do I ha- what do I have sitting like in my, you know, that I ever, <laughs> you know, I have I have stuff. I actually I have a video that I did an hour long hot tub yoga video. Not me. I'm not in it, but I filmed it. (laughs) (laughs) That would be horrible and no one would buy it. 
uh, maybe yeah. as a gag gift. But I, there is a, I did I created this video and I'm like, you know what? I could just put this up. You know, sell it for ten bucks or whatever. Like I just I'm sit, sitting on my hard drive doing nothing right now. Like I, I did the work, you know, and now I just made it like Gumroad just gets rid of those excuses. And I think about that and I think about you know uh, just other platforms to just you know reduce the friction of making something and then making it for sale. And so that just, that excites it, me. It, it just it just honestly it just comes down to doing it because that that's what I haven't done my whole life is just doing something because i've been so obsessed with figuring out the right way to do it that would ensure success yeah Yeah. and and this is the thing anyone who waits until they're ready or 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 until they've eliminated all risk which isn't which isn't possible anyway but in other words if you wait until you're ready or feel ready to start something then you you waited too long to to start and you just got to start you just got to do it you just got to start doing something and it sounds it sounds kind of cheesy or you know, not to get all inspirational or whatever, but you just have to do it and then you have to stick with it until you get good at it. I mean, yeah, that's- it, you're right. I mean, look, I, last night I was talking to my girlfriend. I'm like, uh, I don't know what to do. I'm in this place. I'm <laughs> sad. I'm depressed. I don't know what's going on. And she's like, just because I, I have this idea for a podcast, but I, it's a lot of production value. And, you know, I need I want to get big names on it, but not so much for the publicity, just more because I want to talk to them. Um, and it's just like I get to the point where she was just like, you know, you're good at it. Like no matter what you do, it's going to be good. Like you're not going to let shit go out into the world. So just start. Just start it right now. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I don't have it. You know, it's, it's, she's got a great point. Like just go out. And, you know, one of the th- I'll give you a, like a little anecdote that helped me, which was when I started uh, doing videos for some university, I had this idea on the intro of the video where I wanted it to be from the perspective of a professional diver. And he would get up on the on the diving board and do a bounce and then dive into the pool. But you're seeing it as if he was wearing a GoPro on his face. Right. And then he would dive into the pool and like you would see the water and the big splash. And then like the letters for some university would bubble up into frame and it would be like this really cool intro. And I was telling my dad about it and he was like, that's really cool, Matt. Um, how long is that going to take you to do? And I'm like, well, I got to find a diver and I got to buy a GoPro and then I got to, you know, well, it's the winter time now, so I can't, there's no pools around. And he was like, don't do it that way. He's like, just put up something that takes that'll take you two seconds. No one gives a shit about your intro and it's just stopping you from doing the actual like work. You're just you're trying to make this big production. And I'm like, oh, shit, you're right. So. I ended up just putting up this two little second intro that I did in in motion and everyone's like, oh, I love it. I'm like, oh, really? That took me two seconds. And it just got me past that that starting phase or that like I need this intro. It's so amazing. Like, you know, what's I even thought this this morning. I had this idea for the most amazing podcast uh, cover art. I'm like, it's going to be me walking away from a burning car with my sunglasses on. And I had this like whole idea. And I'm like, I got to do that. And yet I'm sitting here going, no, you don't because it's because, OK, what's it going to take? I got to I got to hire a photographer. I got to get a burning car somewhere. Uh, you know, I got to get a nice suit, all these like these expenses and things for a fucking piece of artwork. That's fourteen hundred by fourteen hundred pixels. That makes no difference in the world to anybody else. And I can always do it later. So why don't you just put up a cover art that's somewhat good? You're a designer. You can do that. Put something up. That's like somewhat good. Doesn't have to be perfect. And then you can always change it later. I mean, the list of money matters cover went through four different designs during its year. 
yeah, the, this whole thing, this whole hang up with perfection, I think has stopped so many people, including myself, from doing things that actually mattered or, or could have made an impact at some point. Yeah, I think it's a really, really starting is, is I see, I kind of always thought it was easy. And then like now that I'm because I've been doing it, like I've just been in the thing for so long. Yeah. So like now that I'm in that space where I have to start something new, I'm now realizing how difficult it really is. And it's I just difficult in your head, though, is the thing. It is. And I can say that because after this conversation, I feel like like we are almost identical in how we think because I do the same thing. I, I whined to my wife about like, oh, I'm just I just so shitty and I suck at everything. And, <laughs> you know, the world hates me and nothing is ever going to work. And and she just gives me this look like. Man, I made a bad choice with marriage. <laughs> it's Why did like, I marry this guy? I know, and she's just like, like, like you are so good at the things you do, you just won't do them because you're yeah. just too fucking afraid of, of what someone will think if someone doesn't like it or or whatever. So I totally get that feeling, uh-huh. and all I know is is with this podcast and this course, um, which have gone way beyond anything I've ever tried to do in the past. Um, the only thing differently, or the only thing I did differently that uh, than from previous efforts, is that I was finally able to just sort of mentally say, "Fuck it, I don't care if anyone listens. I don't care what rules I'm breaking. I'm just gonna do what I want to do, and we'll see what happens. You know, right. if it yeah. if it doesn't work, then I'll figure that out when that happens. You know, because yeah. most of these fears we have." It's like it's like my my girls who you know at bedtime is like you know it's like a it's like a political negotiation every night because they're you know they're afraid of you know there's this dot on the ceiling and what if there's a monster in the thing and it's 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 obviously it's not there but yeah. in their minds it is and you just have to turn on the light and show them look there's nothing here and and it's we have all these fears in our head of things that are you know going to happen that won't happen probably won't happen we won't know that if we don't ever do it yeah you're right so that would be yeah <laughs> that that's your advice for starting yeah. for yeah you kind of re- you kind of reverse this whole thing you're not supposed to ask i'm supposed to ask you for See, advice but that's so. that's that's the nature of a podcaster i am I just know. i ask the questions because oh, i'm curious i want to know you know yeah well that's and that's what i love about this show is just being able to have and and so that's that's what i did is i said I don't want to interview people, okay? I, I want to have a conversation with mm-hmm. with people that I think are interesting about whatever the hell I want to talk about. <laughs> and that's a hard sell, you know? I, I didn't know that any if anyone would come onto the show, I didn't know if anyone would listen because the things I want to talk about tend to be pretty, you know, whiny, vulnerable things. Right. But people have. People have connected to it. People um, seem to like it. And so it's totally possible to just do it and and you're you're as i said three times now i mean you're you're in a great position because mm-hmm. you've already got that you know stuff income some income something coming in and so you don't have to put the pressure of making money on this on this first effort of whatever it is you're going to do so that's true uh, is it is it is it a uh, um th- this podcast all the stuff you're talking about i mean is is it pool related or is is oh, the stuff no. you're going to work on this year that you want to do is it um all new stuff it's going to be all new stuff uh i definitely have to do a podcast because of you know the equipment that my dad bought me and he wants yeah. me to continue doing anything some good and that's that's good you need that sort of encouragement 
I also have this voice and this mic, so I, I gotta use it, right? <laughs> gotta, exactly. You know, uh, <laughs> so terrible. Uh, I also, yeah, I don't. It's not gonna be pool related. I'm kind of just, you know, the pool thing is it's it's its own thing. I'm happy with it. Um, sort of want to put a bow on it in a way. Uh, and you know, here's the big struggle for me is uh, I, I do want to teach people what I do, like the 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 kind of work that I do. I don't want to teach people how to start a website. I'd rather teach people who are already doing the thing, like you and the, you or I or people that are like us, and teach them how to take what they're doing and make it, you know, a legitimate business or just make more yeah. money than they were making the previous year. Yeah. So basically, just business optimization, you know, uh, using specifically uh, creativity. So, yeah, well, there's there's your there's your podcast book course, whatever idea, because mine and almost everyone else's is aimed at. Um, well, I'm hoping to go a bit farther than the beginner. It's not just about how to get started, but right. there aren't a lot of podcast books or courses or you know websites that teach you know what what do you do if you're already a podcaster? You're already past those two months where iTunes helps you out. And how do you what do you do from there? You know, right, and that that's where I was. I mean, Listen Money Matters didn't grow at first. We had we, we didn't take advantage of the new and noteworthy section at all. Like we weren't <laughs> yeah. there at all. And it wasn't until, I don't know, six months later when we put some effort into it and then it just exploded. So this idea that, you know, if you're a podcaster or thinking about becoming a podcaster and you really have to put emphasis on your beginning days is bullshit because I yeah. for, I can tell you that that's not it like there is growth after new and noteworthy there is yeah. absolutely growth uh, it's just it's harder I'll admit but it's not not possible yeah well that's Double what negative. I'm saying is that there's not a lot of people a lot of people are focused on the starting is what I'm saying so you know there's your unique angle right there is is you know everyone else is focused on the starting so maybe sure. you focus on you know after that well, you know, I sort of want to – yeah, I want to focus on – you know what I want to do? I want to create the podcast show that John Lee Dumas would listen to. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? It's like, look, everyone in our industry in the podcasting entrepreneurial space thinks that John Lee Dumas is like the top dog, right? Well, what, then what's the top dog listen to? Right. Let's. I want to make the show for him. You know, not, I don't know him personally. I don't know him even that well. Uh, but – you know, just the, the idea that like, look, there are there are there is another step. I, I feel like in in this world, you are either like a top dog or you never did anything in your life. Like You're just yeah. starting out and there's nothing for us middle people who are like, hey, look, it's not even like there's a side business for us. Like we have a business. This is it. This is how I make my money. Yeah. However, you know, I don't want to make seventy five thousand a year. I want to make. 475,000 a year. How do I get from, you know, that part to that part? Yeah. And that's the kind of that's the kind of like narrow audience that I I'm I'm looking to go after this year. So we'll see. I mean, I don't haven't I'm just they're just I that's an idea because they're the they're the people I relate to personally because I'm in that world. Yeah. Right? Um so it would just be easy for me to talk to them and cuz I go through a lot of the same struggles they go through. So Yeah, well, if you know how to do that, if you if you have those things in your head, then you're already so far ahead. You just, for you, it really is just starting. You know, for well, a lot yeah. of people, it's it's not just starting. Like they, there really is some thinking and planning that needs to be done. But it seems like for you, it, it really is just just doing it, just starting it and doing it. 
And well, yeah, then, and that's why I think the the personal finance show did so well for me is because I was in the position of our audience. Like I was, I was right. still bad with money, and I went through this transformation, and everybody got to follow along with that. It was sort of the story arc throughout the entire show. Yeah, and you know, I think that that's people resonated with that and they were like oh there's a guy out there who did this who has a personal finance show yeah. but he's just like me you <laughs> yeah. know it's it's sort of it was sort of like bizarre but hey, it worked out well <laughs> that, that that's what i i feel like everyone gets from me is it's like um i make other people feel better about their situation you know <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like they hear my story and they're like you know my life's not that bad actually you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I can help uh people learn uh what what not to do and encourage them them about their own shitty situation because it's not quite as bad as mine is so right right <laughs> there's something but anyway man thanks for uh thanks for coming on the show and yeah and talking about all this stuff um uh, someday we'll have to we'll have to have you back on and and talk and just make fun of um you know all the bullshit buzzwords sometime because <laughs> i wanted to talk about that we didn't really get to it but uh yeah i i it's it that's a you know we'll, we'll save it for another time but that that is also a struggle is where there's this this assumption that the only way to to make money is to do it that way is to just flood social media and use all those tactics. Yeah. And I'm realizing that that's not the only way to do it. You know, that's a false assumption that that I think I don't think it is the way to do it. Right. I mean, yeah. Right, but there's there's another way. Um it's you, you don't cuz my struggle was, man, I don't want to do that, but yeah, I have I to if I want to make money. And then I realized, wait a minute, no, that's that's not the only way to make money. You don't have to do it that way. And as you said, um, you know, you, you try to make something that's good enough that you don't have to do that. You know, uh, people are compelled to uh, they like it so much. They tell people and you don't have to tweet 300 times to get, you know, the volume, as it were. So. Right. Part two with Matt. G- Gio- I-, I don't even know how to pronounce your last name, and we're already at the end. Giovanisi, <laughs> is that right? Did I get it? Giovanisi, yeah, okay, you got it. So yeah, part perfect. two with Matt Giovanisi will happen sometime. Yes. We'll talk about that. But, uh, awesome. Yeah, and I expect an invite on your sh- your new fucking show, whatever this oh, thing is going to be. Dude, you're you're yeah. on. You're on. <laughs> nice. Well, Episode hopefully- Episode one with Adam. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cool, man. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on the show. Oh, no, thanks so much. Well, that's it. That's the show. Thanks to Matt Giovanisi for coming on the show. I love that conversation. And I I, kind of love that guy, too. Got a little bit of a man crush, if I do say so myself, because we have a lot in common. I really respect his opinion and take on the world. And yeah, a lot of fun with that. So thanks, Matt. And also thanks to Fizzle for sponsoring. Our our month here is almost at an end, but uh, you can still get in on the deal if you want to by going to fizzle.co slash TGM and signing up and getting six weeks free. It's totally worth it. Totally, absolutely a no-brainer. And I'd love to connect with you on the other side there. So do that and then look me up in the Fizzle community. Uh, what else? You can uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm A.V. Clark or the podcast, which is TGM Podcast. If you would like to leave me a rating and review, that would be much appreciated. Or just tell your friends about the show if you enjoy it. That's the best way to get more people on board here. I really appreciate you guys listening and doing everything you've done to support this show financially and just with your attention, giving me your time. It means a lot. So 
Thanks for being there. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great week, and I will see you next time. I don't know. I'm sort of just an old guy with a big tongue. That's I'm just a big old tongue old man. That's all that is. Um, that's sort of how many words am I at?